Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hey everyone, this is John Roca from Collider. Every car comes with its share of stories. That ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date, the luxury package you got after a big promotion, or the mileage you saved by riding your bike all summer. While you can't put a price tag on your stories, now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car's worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate number, and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Navigation and moonroof? Watch as they bump up your value. High mileage? You already knew it was going to cost you, but now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So, when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True cash offer not available in all areas. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831 Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
It's a big day on Movie Talk today because we have the first reactions to Spider-Man Far From Home to discuss. And then on top of that, news just broke today that there is going to be yet another installment of the Paranormal Activity franchise. We are getting Paranormal Activity 7 at some point in the future from Paramount and Jason Blum. Oh boy, I'm excited to talk about that one. But first, we obviously have to talk about Spider-Man. And I get to do that with Nikki Novak and John Roca today. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Hi. I'm so pumped. We're we have pumped a lot of reactions yeah. to get to. Yeah. 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 Are you ready, Nikki? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you? Let's do this. <laughs> all right. Now that we are all clearly ready, let's dive into this. The social media embargo has lifted, and there are a whole bunch of tweets out there. We'll break them down piece by piece, but we have to kick this off with our very own Steve Weintraub, who tweeted, absolutely loved Spider-Man Far From Home, captures the spirit of the comics, and mixes in some amazing movie magic. Magic. The second the film ended, I wanted to watch it again. Jake Gyllenhaal is fantastic as Mysterio. He also added a tweet that said, I know you hear this all the time, but I'm telling you, avoid spoilers on Spider-Man Far From Home. You will enjoy the film so much more. And like all Marvel Studios movies, you should stay in your seat till the very end. I'll read one more here that I have from Sean O'Connell and then toss it to you guys. Okay, friends, Spider-Man Far From Home is jaw-dropping. First half is a lot of fun coasting on the good vibes of the homecoming cast but that second half is extraordinary delivering the best spidey action ever most shocking ending in a spider-man movie ever fans will flip out that that last bit gets me i you know whenever we have these social media responses i try to not get too carried away with Mm. like big words and capital letters and everything but you know i really trust what sean says so i am holding tight to that last little bit i can't even begin to imagine what that ending might be now yeah what's your well that's the whole (laughs) i've got kevin mccarthy yeah i almost want to do it in a kevin mccarthy voice you should do it please (laughs) i need that i need to have glasses and you gotta put the suit on (laughs) i got the the converse well he does this he does this. oh yeah the will be like a spider-man pin on the tie um but he said far from home has dethroned sam raimi's spider-man 2 it is now my favorite spider-man film I know Kevin, I know how much he loves Spider-Man 2, so that is saying a lot. That is. What's insane is that I can't even tell you why I'm so in love with this film, because it would be a spoiler. Hall's incredible. Holland reconfirms as the best Spidey to date. Amazing. Where where do you guys stand with the best Spider-Man film that we've seen yet? Homecoming. Oh, uh, no, Into the Spider-Verse. Into yeah. the Spider-Verse. Live action, though, Homecoming. Interesting. I have the same, actually. Really? Yeah. Whoa. That's weird. Is that weird? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I love Tom Holland. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm a little torn between uh, Into the Spider-Verse and Homecoming, and I feel like I'm allowed to have both because one's mm. animated and one's right. live action, or I'm just trying to cheat for the heck of it. That's but what I did. I think they're like pretty much even. Yeah, I would put Spider Verse a little farther ahead because they can because it kind of revolutionized animation. Uh, but this this Homecoming is just so damn good that you can't resist it. And the chemistry of Tom Holland, or the uh, uh, charm of Tom Holland, and the chemistry yeah. he has with everybody in that film is just fantastic. And Michael Keaton coming back to a comic book movie or superhero movie is great. And I've read a lot of the comments, and almost everybody is saying that this movie is better than Homecoming, which is kind of amazing. It doesn't always happen with a sequel, but people seem pretty pretty stoked about it. And what I'm excited about is that the people that I've because t- I've talked to a lot of people that are mm. in London at the mm-hmm. junket asking for like give me the, give me your real reaction. And what everybody is saying, it's not just that there's a twist or spoiler at the end. Like they really almost couldn't talk to the cast at all about anything because the whole movie is basically wow. a spoiler, which is it, kind of what I would expect being the first yeah. movie to hit theaters after Endgame. And mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I just love the tweets that are kind of hinting at some sort of, you know, like an emotional arc or a grounded approach to life after the events of Endgame. Because yeah. that's something that I wanted to see represented in this movie. And it seems like it's there to a degree. Yeah. Eric Davis, he says, uh, it's funny, exciting, romantic, goofy, and follows Homecoming and being this brilliant Ground-level look at Spidey's world and how the events of Avengers Endgame impacted everyday life. There's a lot of questions everybody had after Endgame. Lots of twists and turns, plus some adorable summer romance, too. I'm a big fan. Everyone in the film shines, but the chemistry is between Peter and MJ is undeniable. Yes. And at yeah. the end he, of his tweet, his twit thread, his Twitter thread, Twitter thread, whatever it is, also <laughs> says, yes, of course, stay for the credits. And while I st- will say nothing of what you will see, staying for the credits has never been as important and eventful as it is for this particular film, so don't go anywhere. That excites me, because yeah. that means yeah. it's not just one of those Captain America sitting on the chair and going, so let me tell you about waiting. And none of that, it's actually legitimately groundbreaking uh, uh, and post-credit scene that might lead us into Phase 4, so I'm excited to see that. And then doesn't excite, it excite you for Comic-Con, too? Oh, well, I'm not going, but it's okay, no, That's, that's that a good is. chance to answer yeah. a question yeah. from the live chat right now. So Jay Scott For Real is asking, which is more likely to happen at Hall H? Footage from Black Widow or Eternals casting announcements? Ooh. Both. Both? Both. I would definitely get footage, I think, from Black Widow. If, yeah. oh, if only a teaser. I just remember John Favreau coming with like two minutes from Cowboys and Aliens, and he'd only been shooting it for two weeks. So it's certainly possible to compile something. And I suppose if you want to get people back excited about the Black Widow situation, you have to have some footage. Um, and casting out for Eternals makes sense because I have. A, I think a lot of people feel that they're going to announce their upcoming slate of yeah. movies. Yeah. And so this would make sense to announce. Because I remember I was there in Hall H when they announced the Avengers cast, and they all came out together, yeah. and we lost our nerd-loving minds. I've got yeah. my money on that Black Widow footage, especially mm. because the deadline article where I, th- I believe this might have been the source for it all. Maybe. Yeah, it is a deadline exclusive, but they did say it would come as no surprise to see Black Widow footage and an appearance by Scarlett jo- Johansson and director Kate Shortland. So I think that's a pretty safe bet. I do find it really interesting, though, that that news broke the day that the social media embargo on Spider-Man Far From Home mm-hmm. is being lifted, especially mm-hmm. given the content of these tweets. I mean, there really must be a lot in the, And I know there's a lot in every single movie that would spoil things for movies to come. But right. I don't know. It just seems like a more extreme case with this one. Well, yeah, it sounds like there's people are saying when people say like Kevin say like the best mm post-credit scenes ever in a Marvel film. That's pretty weighty. And people not expecting certain things. Yeah. Like yeah. That was yeah. another thing that was referenced in a number one of these tweets. It's like, I never thought that they would do that with a Spider-Man mm. movie. Like, right. What could that be? All right. I keep thinking about right now because of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and what we saw in some of Endgame is the whole multiverse idea. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. That that That's where I think the twist is going to be of the second half of the movie because I've been saying that I think Mysterio is lying about being from the multiverse. But if he is then what is he going to show you from the multiverse? What windows are we going to get? Because remember what Doctor Strange did with his, with his little orange holes. Maybe Mysterio does something to that extent in his own way that shows yeah. you a window into other heroes or other possible Marvel properties that could be coming down the road. In essence, serving as a phase four type of MC. So I don't know. Maybe all kinds of things are possible. Or he's lying the whole time and the, everything he's created is an illusion and then Peter has to deal with that and how it's affected him. Oh, these tweets are killing me. 
Yeah, I want yes, that movie. movie. Let's grab one more question from the live chat right now. Mike is asking, will Spider-Man really have a large impact on Hall H, even though anticipation is high and tickets are already sold? It's actually an interesting thing mm. to think about because mm. I don't really think I've ever seen, in all the years that I've been attending San Diego Comic-Con, I don't think I've ever seen a movie promoted after it's already been released. But... You know, given the fact that Tom Holland is presumably part of the future of the MCU, it would be an interesting thing to actually see him be there and maybe even give this movie, what would it be, like a third week bump? Well, I guess it really depends, too, on what happens in this film (laughs) and how it's set up. I mean, he could be required that he is there. Yes, yeah. Like I've been saying, he is going to lead the Avengers. I've been saying this for a year, over a year now. People say, oh, he's too young, too young. No, he's going. They're setting him up. That trailer it's, sets him up. It's too obvious. It's too what? obvious with the way they set him up as being like the next Tony Stark type yeah. character. Captain Marvel no, is I'm, and Black Panther. I'm still is sticking the with the ones. fact that I think it's not going to be like a clear cut leader. And I mm. mean, really, with uh, with Cap and Iron Man, yeah. between the two of yeah. them, I don't think there was a clear cut leader either. So I feel like he is going to share that title with more than one character. Oh, Perry, that's socialism. I don't like it. Oh yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Though. I hear what you're saying. Oh, Roka. <laughs> Do you want to weigh in? Are you, are you with Roka? Is Spider-Man the new leader of the Avengers? I don't know if I feel as strongly as Roka does about <laughs> it. I would, I've said before, I'd like to see it happen because I love him. Yeah. And, I, and I would be thrilled to see something. I like how you're towing the line between the two. I kind of yeah. I'm in the middle. Yeah. I'm sitting in the middle. I kind of have to do it. But I'm not quite as passionate. Well, and there might not even be an Avengers team necessarily. So it, that may t- be the whole phase four is how they put it back together by the end of phase four. Cause there's so many other characters coming down the pike, including Eternals that they've got to spend some time with. So we'll see if there's even an official, by the time they put it together, Tom Holland is a little bit older and maybe settles into the role. I as mean, how much older team. do you need him to be? <laughs> you know, it's not going to be that long. It doesn't matter how old he right. gets. He'll always have yeah. that baby face. Right. I know. I know. <laughs> All right, guys, before we move on to story number two for the day, which of course is the paranormal activity announcement. We got to tell you about some cool content coming to the Collider Network like Wrestling Sheet. Check it out. What's up, Collider fans? Ryan Satin here from ProWrestlingSheet.com, where you can find the top stories throughout the week in the world of professional wrestling. If you're a wrestling fan like myself, then you'd be doing yourself a disservice by not checking out all the shows we do every week on YouTube.com slash C slash Wrestling Sheet. In particular, on Wednesdays, we've got a SmackDown recap show hosted by John Roca and myself, where we pick apart and and talk about every little thing that happened on the blue brand so do yourself a favor and go subscribe at youtube.com slash c slash wrestling sheet on top of that i am very excited to announce that we have a brand new edition of collider ladies night coming your way tomorrow we had wild rose star jesse buckley in studio one she is an absolute delight and two wild rose is phenomenal i highly recommend seeing it this weekend but of course check out ladies night first Story number two. I still can't believe this is our story number two. I actually can, because franchises always come back, especially when it's a horror franchise. As reported by Deadline, Paramount officially announced that a seventh paranormal activity film is in the works. Paramount is partnering with producer Jason Blum to make the new installment. At this moment, we don't have a title, and they are keeping details under wraps. So that's all we've got, Mm. is that the paranormal activity franchise is coming back. As I stated before, it's not all that much of a surprise, because it was a lucrative franchise for the studio, and that's studio does need more franchises, Mm. but I I don't quite know what I would want 
from this except for, I don't know, maybe going back to to the beginning. And I don't necessarily mean back to the existing storyline that they started off with Mm -hmm. that first film. I mean, like, give me a completely different cast of characters, a a situation that is completely unassociated with anything we've seen before. I want a fresh start to this franchise. Well, there are numerous demons in hell. So, I mean, there's I'm sure there's something they can use. I mean, that first say something. I yeah, I want to say something so bad I can't. But like this, um, this I love this franchise, and I know Perry. It we go surprises back me so much that of all franchises, you fell in love with this. Well, one. this is so this so speaks my language. This idea of like a, a, when you're alone, and this idea of someone just standing over you, staring at you for hours and hours, and then getting sucked into this closet by this. And just that ending of that first film was so mm-hmm. scary. And I remember I couldn't sleep with, I had to sleep with the lights on for like a week afterwards of fear. I closed every closet door in my apartment just in case. And the second one did the same thing. And the third one was incredible. So uh, I'm, I just remember this being so good. And then it kind of lost its way. So if I, if I agree with you, I hope they explore some new territory, but bring back the vibe of those first three films. Cause that's what made it a franchise. People coming back to this thing. I don't know if, the found footage thing will work again but I'd like to see them try it in that 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 arena and try to recapture that magic or it may be that that was just of a time and we can't quite go back to the same magic that it was before. Nikki, I know you're not the biggest fan of this franchise, so what would right. it take for them to get you in for a Paranormal Activity 7? Well, being honest, I've only seen the first two because I think after the first two, the reviews and they just sort of mm. started to first disintegrate. Three, first Great. three. If you ever get the, the chance and the desire, watch three and then <laughs> stop there. And it's not that I don't like them. It's that I'm so afraid of it's that, that type of material. Yeah. It's I'm that person that mm-hmm. stop about forget about not being able to sleep for a week. It yeah. would be six months for me. Like I can't <laughs> handle films like that and that's probably the only reason I can't. But I mean, that said, I think the most successful concept was the first like you said the first two or three so mm. somehow going back to the roots but making it completely like like you said completely fresh and different which i think they realize they're gonna have to do just given that the last few weren't really well received mm. and still made money comparatively speaking to how much the budgets cost i've but- kind of a uh, blocked ghost dimension out of my mind but it feels like some of the narrative started to like trip over itself at a point it felt like so yeah. clean and simple at the very beginning and they made the move from one to two to three so, so well. And then all of a sudden things started to get jumbled up. But I was telling you I like the mm. Mark ones. Bringing up the budget is an interesting thing because it's like if you go and you look at the uh, the amount of money that all these films have made, it, it's diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. But even at the very end when we did get the ghost dimension, that movie only opened up with $18 million. And the one that came out before, I believe it was the marked one, yeah. made $32 million. And even though it only made $18 million over the course of its domestic run, it only cost $10 million to make. Of course, that doesn't account for marketing. Right. But when you have a $10 million production budget... It's not that bad, especially when you consider the fact that worldwide over the entire course of its run, it came close to $80 million. Right. So that is kind right. of a win for them. Yeah. yeah. You're not, you're not, that's, that's the thing. So is that the reason they're doing another one? Or are they doing another one because they have something fresh or they're going to yeah. bring something fresh to it? Well, we've seen Halloween come back. We've seen Child's Play coming back. Um, so you hope that this will be in that vibe as well. A new approach, a new interesting look on this thing and maybe bring in some talent that 
has a fresh approach to it. Horror is the big thing now, this side of the superhero genre. So they're attracting some really incredible talent that is jumping off into superhero world afterwards. So I hope they find a fantastic director to slide in here and do something great with this. Is this your favorite uh, horror franchise? This... No, Halloween is still my favorite. But this one is close. Very close. Wow. To probably my... one of my favorites, too, especially yeah. when you limit it to the movies that I like. The we one have that a... I actually like was the Damon Wayans spinoff. Was oh. it Damon or the, this, the, the Haunted House? It was like the spoof oh of. God. Do you oh, remember no. that one? The one with one? Cedric the Entertainer? I that was that. terrible. What is that one? I can't even remember what that was, was called. So it was so good. It was so good. I don't know. But <laughs> actually, going back to something you just said, I don't think you can do this franchise without found footage, though. Yeah, that's, you don't think that's so? That's the only okay. thing. It's like that format was so, like, so well tied to what the whole concept was, and it right. made it feel so grounded and real. Because, I mean, really, any of us could stick a camera in our bedroom and let it time lapse until we see something creepy right. happen. And that just made it, I don't know, that, that really, I think, was a big factor in it getting under people's skin more so than certain other situations. What would you do if you had the video game and Dewey's on his hind legs just staring at you for six well, hours? Just staring at you with his legs up. That's actually probably my reality. Good, actually. I that told you it happened good. one night and I got all excited. I woke up in the middle of the night because my printer started printing something. Oh, I mean, all it did was print a test page and that was it. Nothing really happened, right. but like, I'm one of few that... Has that happen in the middle of the night? Wakes up and gets excited about it. We have a couple people in the chat chiming in right now. Sky Patterson is saying, I think that Paramount Pictures should not do a seventh Paranormal Activity film. It should be Paranormal Activity limited anthology TV series on Paramount Network. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know I mean, if the TV series works. Like my first reaction to that is that this particular concept doesn't necessarily suit that format versus a feature mm-hmm. film. Yeah. What is every episode going to be a found footage episode, or is it going to be one uh, ten episode season that's ten hours of found footage? I don't know. You'd have to mix the real life with the found footage, like they do in the third one. I can see what would spark an idea like this because all the paranormal activity movies are basically a focus on like one mm-hmm. character, one group of characters, whatever, and it takes place over the course of different nights. So maybe the suggestion comes from, oh, just separate each night into a, into yeah. a different episode. But like that feels like overdoing it then mm. and taking away all the momentum right. from it. All right. Let's answer one more question here from the live chat pertaining to paranormal activity. We have King and Commoner asking, what's your favorite found footage movie? Do you guys have a favorite? Oh, Blair Witch, easily. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that movie, like, changed my life. I, lo- I actually love that movie, even though I don't like paranormal activity. I'm happy to hear that, no, actually. No, I did really love that movie. And, I, and that terrified me, but somehow I could handle that more than paranormal activity. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why. I would say my favorite is still Paranormal Activity 3, I guess. But, mm-hmm. but the one that sticks in my mind always is Blair Witch, because I didn't know it was fake when I went to see it. So, really? yeah, wow. like I remember coming out of, I, mean, I had nothing about it and I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, this is a documentary. This is interesting. And I went right out of Florida State. Cl- I was in class and I went right from class to the AMC there in Tallahassee and watched it. And I crawled all over my seat and under my seat because, <laughs> yeah, because I was going insane when the corner, when he swings around and that thing's in the corner, I lost my effing mind that was so incredible <laughs> so what, at what point did you realize never until the end until people were saying to me it wasn't real at the end that's when i realized it wasn't real but through the whole experience wow. like the tent stuff i just want to go camping that tent stuff nope never again 
Nope. I don't think I was ever in the boat of thinking it was real, but it did yeah. creep me out. That's definitely up there for me. I also have a major soft spot for Cloverfield. I really love yeah. Col- Cloverfield. Mm, Same with too. Troll Hunter 2. Another one that's actually close to the top that maybe some might not expect is VHS 2. Mm. Have you ever seen the VHS movies? Mm-hmm. The second one in particular, I mean, every single segment in that is at a certain level or above. But that third segment, I believe, Safe Haven, is just... But when I watched that for the first time, it blew my mind. I was obsessed with it. Couldn't stop thinking about it and wanting to watch it over and over and over again, as wow. sick as that sounds. <laughs> yeah. I, I have problems. And I'm fine. <laughs> All right. Let's get a question from the live chat now. Uh, I guess we might as well stick with horror. Chris Robinson is asking, are Ari Aster and Jordan Peele the new Carpenter and Craven? I've come to realize the more I talk about Hereditary and Midsummer that I'm only able to say either Ari Ari Aster or like Ari Aster. Like I can only say the A the same way and it's a problem. <laughs> uh, I don't know enough to say. I, I think Jordan is certainly making his name in this genre uh, and we'll see a third time out what he creates. You know, um, the Twilight Zone I think was a little half and half. Some people really liked some people mm-hmm. didn't. So it was a little mixed, but I want to see what he does next for his next film. But certainly I haven't seen Midsummer, so I don't know what Ari can do here. So we'll see. If anybody saw my reaction to us, you know that I do think mm. that um, uh, Peel is a master filmmaker. And I know just because I apply the word master or masterful to, and I actually apply it to both of them, especially after seeing Midsummer last night, but mm. that doesn't mean they can't have a project that isn't at the same level. Mm. There's just something that I see in their work that suggests to me that they have a natural inclination to tell a story well yeah. and to construct everything so strongly. And also when it comes to Twilight Zone, he didn't direct all those. Yeah. Yeah, right. it's, it's a little bit of a different story, but yeah. I don't necessarily know if I would do the one for one with Carpenter and Craven. Right. I think they're just like carving out their own section for themselves yeah. as really iconic, hopefully down the line, horror filmmakers. Yeah. And I, I don't think I'm agree. I love Jordan. Peele. I don't think there's a more exciting filmmaker out there mm. right now. I mean, he's redefining a genre. Mm-hmm. He's doing things. He's whether or not you liked us as much as it, it doesn't really matter. He still kept captivated people and captivated mm. You know, it uh, redefined a genre, and and to see what he's gonna—I can't wait to see what he's gonna do next. Uh, as well. You bring up it. I think uh, Musietti is another one that I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to see what he does after this second installment. I have I have some issues with Mama. I, I still really liked Mama, oh, yeah, yeah. But, but I saw like certain weak spots in that that still mm-hmm. kind of rub me the wrong way. Okay. So I'm not ready to get there with him just yet. Okay. But I'm really hopeful that he'll knock it out of the park yeah. with it. Chapter two. I'm going to pose this to you guys. Do you want to end with like a normal question or a weird one? <laughs> Nikki, you choose. Weird. All right, weird. All right. So we are sticking with horror on this one. Oh, okay. and I think this comes from the, uh, what was it? The, the boys trailer the other oh, day. So this good. is another question from Micah. Who's asking brace yourselves for this one. If you could put the Spice Girls in any horror franchise, what would it be? Mine would be Scream. This world needs more Spice Girls. That makes sense. (laughs) That's like combining two of my obsessions. That's exactly what my first thought was Scream. (laughs) Now I'm trying to see if I can think of another one. I love the idea of horror musicals. Right. Like we did get a we get another uh, stage fright in the last like three four years, and mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with that. I actually never saw Anna the Apocalypse still, but I heard great things about that one. So even mm. doing doing like Spice World, but putting a horror <laughs> spin on Spice World really excites me. I think you do Friday the Thirteenth, and when his mom's spirit, murderous spirits, enters Jason's body, you do the two become one song from the Spice Girls. <laughs> yeah, that's I it. think it'd be cool to see Jamie Lee Curtis with the Spice Girls. So put her put them in a 
Halloween movie. That's Ooh. not well. That sounds like a a cool idea too. Because when I think about Scream Queens, like it would have yes. that kind of like that t- <laughs> yeah. that tone, that there vibe, that color palette. <laughs> All right. So we've just we've just uh, pitched three very thoughtful <laughs> Spice Girls horror movies, and every studio out there should be paying attention because <laughs> that's movie magic right there. All right, guys, we're done. That's the end of the episode today. Roka, Nikki, thank you guys so much for being here. Adam in the booth, thank you. Doreen, you rock as well. Guys, do not forget, it's super helpful if you tell everybody you know about Collider Movie Talk on the YouTube channel and in podcast form as well. And oh boy, tomorrow is another day. You know what that means. Another episode live, 3 p.m. PT. Come back and join us again. Napa At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa Know How. Napa Know How. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 it's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.